Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, we are going to have a great conversation today with somebody who is doing really cool things in her entrepreneurial life. Our guest today is Christine Hassler, and I met Christine at the Kick but with class seminar for speakers. And the whole idea was, how do you take your speaking career and kick butt and still do it with class? And she was one of these people who, you know, a group kind of like comes together when they, oh, it's lunch on your own. Everybody go out. And like people are like, oh, where are you going? Oh, I met that person. Oh, and like a group of five people all go to a restaurant together. And it was sort of just serendipitous. And we ended up at the restaurant. And it turns out that while she lives in the Los Angeles area, she sort of co-lives and her family lives in Austin, Texas. And I was like, no way. I know Austin. And she was like, how? And I said, I live there. And so <laughs> we had a great conversation at lunch. And I decided she was doing the type of things that the Cool Things community has to hear about. So Christine, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Tom. I'm so happy we met and I'm so happy to be here. And and like, I love being in the cool crowd. Yeah, well, that's 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 <laughs> that you are now. Absolutely. So If so, only we could tell my 12th grade self that. Oh, yeah, you and me both. <laughs> Right. Whereas, you know, my, my, my big, fat, dorky, bad haircut, 1970s, 12th grade, you know, eighth grade self would be like, what? You're going to have your own show? I love it. I love it. I think we all have that dorky, awkward, like seventh grade to 12th grade self. Yeah. Well, uh, not everybody, because there were some pretty cool kids in my class. I was, I was not at the cool kids table. But what I learned was that when you grow up not at the cool kids table, you're very used to like certain things exist that you're not invited to. So you're never offended. I'm often surprised when I meet people who are in their 40s, 50s, and 60s who are like appalled they're not included in something. And then you look back and find out, well, they were class president. It's like, oh, nobody ever told you the lesson that you don't get invited to everything. What a bummer to be 60 and learn that lesson. And I think as we grow, we find our own cool crowd. You know, it's all about resonance. And and I probably, if I really like looked at it honestly, I probably didn't have that much in common with the head cheerleader or quarterback. You know, I was, (laughs) I resonated more with the kids who were in science fair with me. Right, right. Well, I was in the drama department, so that was my it. that was my right. crowd. Hey, so Christine, you have kind of an eclectic life, both your career and what you do. Yep. So instead of me trying to read a bio and explain who you are and what you do, why don't you tell the audience who is Christine Hassler? Well, what Christine Hassler does, because I think the who is and what I do are, are separate things. Um, so I'll answer the what I do first and then segue into the who I am. So Well, actually, I'll do that backwards. So who I am is compassionate, intuitive, committed to growth, honest, uh, loving, and how that – and creative. And how that expresses itself is through the forms of being an author. So I have three books out, a coach and a spiritual counselor. So I'm trained as a life coach and also have a master's degree in spiritual psychology. So I work with people one-on-one and I also train coaches, both to be coaches and to build their business, and a speaker – I do a lot of keynotes on both generational diversity and change. And 
what else do I do? A podcast host. I have my own life coaching podcast. What is your and, What is your podcast called? Because you know, when you have an audience of podcast listeners, a lot of them are hungry for other podcasts. Yes, it is called Over It and On With It. It's the only live life coaching podcast I know of. So I take people live on the air and coach them because I'm also a retreat facilitator. I lead retreats around the world and I see how much transformation people get from watching someone else be coached. So let me back up a step. So you take guests on the show and you yep. live coach them while you're recording and then play it for the yep. world? Yep. And I know nothing about them before we start recording. Oh, how cool. Yeah, it's fun. You have to be brave to go on your show. Like you don't have to be brave to go on cool things entrepreneurs <laughs> do. But I'd have to be brave to go on your show. That's cool. Yeah, you have to be brave. You, you don't have to use your real name. Uh, but yeah, you have to be brave and be willing to be vulnerable. And what's so amazing is that people that are co- come on the show and share – they are helping so many other people because we think our problems are so individual and we're so unique in our suffering, but we're not. You know, everybody's in this human experience thing together. And what what we think we're going through alone, there are millions of other people who are going through similar things. So give us an example of some of the people you've coached on the air. You don't have to use their names, but sort of their situations and, and what breakthroughs you've had on your podcast. Well, there's been several calls with heartache or breakup. You know, I've just been broken up with or I've just gotten a divorce and I don't know how to move on. And generally what we get to is I believe all relationships are teachers. So everybody thinks the purpose of a relationship is to get married and have 2.5 kids and blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> And that's wonderful. But from my perspective, one of the key purposes of any relationship, be it romantic or friendship or your parent or whatever, is to learn and grow. And often people are mirrors for us and trigger certain things and one thing that I think we're all here to learn is how to have a better relationship with ourselves. And so in a breakup situation, it's important not to ask why did this happen, but really what am I learning? What did this person teach me? What did I teach them? How do I need to be a better partner to myself? Are there any unresolved issues from my childhood that I was playing out in this relationship? So really to use heartache as a learning opportunity, as an opportunity to fall more in love with yourself, that's, that's a key theme. Uh, a lot of people call in with, they feel this call to do something, to make an impact, to do something creative, but they're too scared to leave their corporate job or they don't know how to do it. So we talk about steps to do that. Um, I've had a lot of people call in this one woman who was just on the show last week. She uh, was regretting a move that she made. And uh, we talked about how regret is a total waste of energy. And because she was expending so much energy on regretting the move, she wasn't seeing all the amazing things that were happening in her life. So it was a big perspective shift. So those are just a couple examples. Wow. I'm going to start listening. That sounds like a lot of fun. Thank you. That would be an honor. It is a a lot of fun. I always talk in the beginning about what I'm going to teach and play the call and then break it down and give people homework. And and, uh, I guarantee you at least one aha per episode. (laughs) And I love the fact you give people homework. I'm going to start giving people homework when they listen (laughs) to my show. What a great idea. From now on, you have homework when you listen to this show. I did. Nobody told me that was an option that I could assign homework. It is. You can assign homework. We can even assign some by the end of this call to kick it off. That's what we'll do. We'll assign homework to the whole audience. So, Christine, were you always sort of a self-starter entrepreneur or did you ever have one of those corporate jobs? I definitely had a corporate job. I was a Hollywood agent. So I moved out to LA after graduating from college and driven by massive insecurity, landed in Hollywood because, you know, a lot of insecure people end up there (laughs) to try to prove ourselves. And... Worked my way up, 
one benefit of being very hard on oneself is you tend to be outwardly very successful, but inwardly never really happy because you're always chasing the next thing. And so I, I built this great career in Hollywood, making six figures by the time I was 25, had to sh- you know show up, showing up at 8.30 a.m. every day and working late at night and checked kind of everything off the list in terms of the corporate world, but just it, it never felt right, Tom. It never felt um, like the best use of me. And I, I hated having to be somewhere at a certain time every day and show up just because somebody said I had to. Um, I really, one of my top values is freedom. And I think whenever I'm talking to people who are considering becoming an entrepreneur, I, I really ask like, you know, do you really do well with freedom? Like, are you a good self-starter? Because I've always been a good self-starter. I've always been accountable. I was always able to get my homework done. Like, I have that quality within me. And if you're not, that doesn't make you a bad person or or anything else. And it doesn't mean you can't be an entrepreneur. It just may be an area you need to develop a little bit more because I think that's a key thing with entrepreneurs. We want freedom, but within that, we have to have incredible discipline. So you had this really cool job, right? Because I would think that, in fact, I have a friend from high school who's a big agent in Hollywood, and he was in Austin uh, last year for an event. And when he was there, he took my wife and I out to a concert. One of the bands that he's a big band that he is the agent for was playing, and he brought us to the concert. And then we went to a party with him afterwards. And we were just taken with all the stories of what it was to be sort of this Hollywood agent. So, I mean, it's a cool job. And so you had this and you had success and you were making the money. What was it that really pushed you to say, I'm out? What made you take the leap? What made me take the leap? Well, what made me leave this cool industry? I just was miserable. I really was unhappy and I didn't know what else to do. Um, And I knew that I couldn't pretend anymore. My health was suffering. I didn't like the person I was becoming. And I thought, you know what? I'm in my mid-20s. If I don't do this now, when will I? And I, I, again, like I felt like there was something else I was supposed to do. And I had no idea what that was, but I just felt it. And that was one of the first times in my life I really listened to my intuition over my logical brain. And when I took the leap, you know, a leap of faith sounds like a sexy thing to do, but there's an incredible free fall that happens and we never know how long that is. And it took me a while to get on course and to figure out this career. It wasn't immediate. I met, I went through some really challenging things after I left that made me question my decision, quite honestly. So you talked about actually the, one of those times you listen to your own voice. This has been a recurring theme that sort of comes up. I've been talking to a lot of people who feel like they're, they're stuck in the high middle, if you will. They're, they, you know, they've reached really good levels of their career, but inside they know there's something else they're supposed to be doing. How do you find the guts to listen to that little voice? I think you have to really understand what courage is, and courage isn't the absence of fear. It's moving forward in the face of fear, and I think so many people wait to not feel scared to do it. And if I had waited to not feel scared, I, I wouldn't do half of the things, I wouldn't do 100% of the things that I've done that have been risks, you know, that haven't been certain. And I remind myself and I remind people that certainty is, is really an illusion. You know, there's not too many things that we can be 100% certain of. And so I always like to say negotiate between, you know, your intuition and that part of you that that wants to take a leap and and also your ego and your logic. So make the best plan that you possibly can that feels, you know, like gives you a little bit of comfort, but 
it's still going to feel risky because that's the nature of the human mind. When we don't have certainty, it feels really scary. So what do you love now that you've made that leap and you've created this life? What do you love about the life of an entrepreneur? Oh, my gosh. Freedom. Like I love when I feel free uh, to express myself fully. And when I say freedom, Tom, I don't mean, oh, I don't have to work on Monday if I don't want to. Like that's not that's not what freedom is about to me. Freedom is about really feeling like I am authentically myself and I am fully expressing myself in the best ways that I possibly can for me. So I have freedom to write what I want to write about, to teach what I want to teach about, to create what I want to create. And that kind of freedom is amazing. And specifically for me in my line of work, you know, I've chosen to be an entrepreneur in the world of personal transformation. So being able to feel like I'm making a contribution, to feel like I'm living a life of meaning, and to actually be able to witness people's transformation and aha moments, I mean, I, I, I just, there are no words for how grateful I am for, for that. So is there any part of the life of, of being your own boss, of running your own business that you don't love quite as much? Are there ever those days where you think, I could have still been working for like an agency? Yes, of course. I mean, there are, there, there are a few days when I wish I was working for someone else, but there are days where I'm like, oh man, this is rough. Uh, I think that the biggest thing is um, turning it off. I'm it's not like I punch out at four o'clock and then, you know, I'm not thinking about my business or someone I've helped or a client or whatever. That's the thing about being a creative entrepreneur, at least for me and so many entrepreneurs that I talk to, and I'm sure you can relate to this, you're kind of always thinking about it or or for the most part. So that would be um, one thing that I think is challenging at times. And so for me, I really had to lean into my meditation practice uh, make sure I have a community of friends and even friends that aren't entrepreneurs so are not always talking about business <laughs> and do things like traveling and spending time outdoors and spending time with my family in Austin and all those things that aren't related to work. Well, and I can relate you know, to that. I, somebody interviewed me recently and they asked me what my hobby was and I said, my, my business is my hobby. And I said, I am both proud and embarrassed by that answer. Yeah. But you know, the truth is, is that I love trying to tweak this business and finding ways you know, to be able to grow it and extend the reach both of this podcast and of my speaking career and to find new clients. To me, it's like a puzzle. And so I get really excited when I have those days where it's like, oh my gosh, I just figured out how to get exposed to this brand new client and they hired me me, you know, it's like, woohoo. I mean, that is like, it's, it's as good as playing tennis and winning, you know? So it's like, that is my hobby. At the same time, it can be all encompassing when, when it's your, also your job and your life and the way you support your kids and every other piece of it. I hear you. I hear you. I think it's, you know, people always ask me about balance and I don't, you know, really know what that word means because I can't, I can't divide my life into a pie chart and be like, okay, like it's equally balanced in all areas. So what I've really come to is it's, it's about being present. When I'm with my nephews, I really set the intention and practice of being fully present with them, meaning I'm not thinking about my business. When I'm at the gym, can I be fully present at the gym, with my body, in that present moment. When I'm with my friends, can I be really present? And I think that's something for all people, especially entrepreneurs, to practice is, all right, like, 
our life might not be equally balanced in all areas, but when we are not working on our business, can we be fully present in that moment and with the people that we're with? Well, I advise the people I work with that balance is totally, you know, the wrong analogy for life and business because if you're in perfect balance, you can't move. The second uh-huh. the second you shift, you're out of balance and therefore balance means absolutely stagnant. And so I think, you know, it's not balance, it's about choosing where you are at that time. And so I think you're absolutely right. I love the idea of present. I think that's a key word. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're right. I love that. If you're balanced, you fall over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like if, if you're balanced, you're not moving at all because the second you move, you're like, whoa, and there you go. Right. You're out of balance again. So, you right. know, striving for balance means I'm striving to not move at all. And if you're not mm. moving at all, you're not growing. Very true. So what advice do you have for somebody who says, hey, I've got this grind of a job. I've worked my way up to that high middle. I, I want to go do my own thing. What advice do you have for someone who wants to become an entrepreneur or a solo opener? Get a coach. That's a big piece of it because I think in anything like that, we need someone that can do two things. A, illuminate blind spots, right? And show us where we're, we're getting in our own way and question us. And B, also really call us forward and remind us of who we truly are. So whenever we're thinking of making a big switch, there's a part of us that freaks out. And so having someone that's objective, that's not a relative or a spouse or a friend that can walk you through it and hold you accountable, but also hold your hand at the same time, I think is a very important part of making the switch. And the second thing I would say is, is find models. You know, Find other people who have done something that you want to do and learn from them, model them, do informational interviews with people, study people that have made that leap to, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And the third thing, tying back to what I said originally, don't wait not to be scared and don't wait for certainty. Yes, have a plan, put them, put some things in place. I'm not saying just throw caution to the wind and <laughs> mortgage your house. Like I'm not saying that, but don't wait to feel 100% certain. Really listen to that desire and that calling because it's there for a reason. Well, I agree. And, and I wasn't listening. For years, I had that calling and I had to wait until I got laid off in the recession. It was April 1st, 2009, which is arguably the bottom of the recession. And I got laid off and that's when I started my business. And I got asked one time, What's, do you have any regrets? And I said, yeah, that I didn't start this business 10 years earlier yep. because I would be so much farther along the path if I just had the guts to listen to myself and go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're here now. And that's the thing. The universe will give us a big two by four (laughs) if we're not listening to our intuition. (laughs) You know, my last book was called Expectation Hangover. And it's all about when things don't go according to plan or life gives us an unexpected curveball. And I get excited when people have them because I know they're on the brink of some amazing change if they truly leverage it and don't just react to it. So, Christine, I've got a couple more questions for you. But first, I've got to thank my sponsor. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. Podfly sets you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing cool people like Christine Hassler. For an exclusive offer to the listeners of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, jump on over to podfly.net slash cool things. And I happen to know that your podcast, you work, Christine, you work with Podfly Productions. I love Podfly Productions, and I was so happy to learn that we have the same podcast. 
uh, podcast producer. Yes, absolutely. So so here's a big thumbs up to Corey and the whole team over at Podfly. Woo-hoo. Woohoo. So a couple more questions for you. So how important do you think networking is for entrepreneurs? I think it's incredibly important, but also how you do it. Even more important than networking, I think, is friendships, like real friendships in in your entrepreneurial community. Like it's great to know people and have colleagues and network and learn about each other's businesses and do JV or affiliate type type deals. And I think it's equally important to find those people you have resonance, you know, your cool kids who you'd sit with at the cafeteria and really have friendships with them. Um, Get to know people in your business so that it's more than just transactional. I think that in this sort of hustle, bustle, instant gratification world, sometimes it can be a little too much. What will you do for me when it comes to networking? And can you make networking more about connecting? And not think of it as who can I meet that will help me, but who can I meet that I can connect with and that I can get to know first as a person and then we'll see how business unfolds. Well, and that's that's correct. I mean, that's the right advice. Sometimes people have the wrong misnomer in their mind or the wrong definition of what it is to network. And so I always like to remind people that networking is the creation of long-term and mutually beneficial relationships between two or more people where everyone involved succeeds more because of that relationship than they would without it. And lots of times you're right. I think people think, oh, I need something. I'd better go network. And then they wonder why it doesn't work out because they're leaving out that long-term and mutually beneficial piece. So they're just trying to get the the take out of networking right. and they're forgetting the the time commitment and the give. Yep. Yep. And just, yeah, just the human connection. So, Christine, I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What is the coolest thing you're doing in your business? The coolest thing I'm doing right now is the podcast. That's what I'm so super excited about. I love that it's a new format. I love that I'm stretching myself and stretching the callers and bringing this kind of live coaching to the air. And one reason I think it's cool is is I've always wanted a call-in radio advice talk show. And instead of waiting for a radio station to pick it up or pitching. I was like, how do I do this myself? And I think that's what's so cool about being an entrepreneur is whatever you want to create, you don't necessarily have to wait for someone to hire you to do it. You just go out and and create it and do it. And if you get to help people in the process, then that's just added bonus. And that is such a difference from the world of five or 10 or 20 years ago, because it used to be there was no way to to have an interview talk show unless you were just going to do it on a cassette tape and play it in your backyard. There was no way to have mass reach. But now you can self-publish a book. You can start your own podcast. You can make your own movies. I mean, there are so many ways that you can just go create. And I think that people in general are behind I don't yep. think that – and it's not just my generation or I'm a little bit older than you or your generation, but even the younger kids. I mean I think people are forgetting to teach their kids that they live in this world where they can just go create things. I mean I see it you know, with teenagers. They're like, oh, I, I want to be an actress. And it's like, well, why don't you go write a play and produce it and put it on YouTube? And they look at me like, what? Well, yeah. yeah you know, that, that would be being an actress. Yeah, and I I love that we're talking about this because what I've seen, especially working as a coach the past 11 years, is that what makes people feel the most happy and the most content and the most fulfilled is is doing what they love. And and so many times people think that it has to be a, a job or they have to have some kind of outcome or some kind of pay. You know, if you love to sing, sing. Sing in your church choir. Sing it, you know, Barry's pub down the street. Like it, it doesn't it matter. Do the thing that you love. Create the thing that you want to create 
Don't necessarily worry about the outcome or what it was. Don't be attached to what it needs to become. Just start doing it. And then I truly believe the more we do that and the more we create, the more that actually gives us momentum in our business. Well, and as a kid, I wanted to be an actor. And I, I you know, I grew up in Los Angeles. I mean, I'm shame on me for not like running away to Hollywood because it was only like nine miles from where my house was and giving it a shot. And I, I just didn't. And it was a different world. There was no internet. There was no way to find out how to do it. It seemed scary. It seemed hard. There were all these things. But one of the things I'm doing now in my career as a speaker and everything else is I can I can live some of that by being a speaker. I get to be on stage and I get to inspire people. But I sat down and started writing a, a one-person show. I started writing a one-man play and just the effort of writing it. I mean, I don't know where it's going to go or who I'm going to perform it for, but just the fact that I'm doing it, I wish that somebody had told me 30 years ago I could have done that. This is so cool because I love that you're sharing this. It It brings up one thing I love to talk about, which is form versus essence. And we're so attached to form that we, we were like, I want to be an actor. But what, what it's like, okay, well, what do you want to feel from being an actor? What do you want to experience? You want to feel self-expressed. You want to feel stretched. You want to feel creative, uh, wh- whatever those qualities are. And we attach, well, I have to be on a TV show or in a film or whatever. But no, what you're really chasing is the essence. So even though there's these things essence-wise that you thought may be in the form of an actor – You've expressed them in the form of a speaker. Oh, absolutely. So the, the without without question. Ha- yeah, the essence is still there. And so, you know, for anybody listening, don't get too attached to form. Be focused on essence and what you want to experience and what you want to feel and be flexible when it comes to the form. Well, I started writing the one-man show thinking I would like rent a theater and just produce it and make all my friends come and watch me and probably heckle me knowing my friends. But uh, I thought that I, <laughs> I thought it was going to be more of a theatrical play. And as I wrote it, so much of it changed around and it really became sort of a – it sort of had a corporate theme to it. So now all of a sudden it's a one-man show as a keynote. And, oh, I love it. Yeah, and so it's taking form and it's something that maybe isn't separate from my career but maybe is married into my career as a speaker. And so it's kind of one of those things that it's got like this whole new life and I just had to be open and listening and, and let it go. And And I don't have the script done by any means, but it's starting to take real shape and it's it's exciting. Oh, so cool. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I know. It'll be uh, – it's a 2016 production. Nice. That's not too far away. <laughs> So, Christine, we could talk about you and your business and all the cool things you're doing with your podcast and your coaching and your speaking. We could do that all day long. But I think the best entrepreneurs, I think they're observers. So I love to ask the guests on this show, who's someone out there, not inside your business, out there in the world, who you're watching saying, wow, they're really doing something great. Actually, people that are doing something great out in the world that I admire and that is responsible for a lot of my work is actually where I got my master's degree. I, have a, I mentioned I have a master's degree in, in spiritual psychology, and the two people that founded it, Ron and Mary Holnick, were really trailblazers in starting a school where you studied spiritual psychology. And the what they're doing in terms of education and raising consciousness on the planet and giving people an opportunity to get an education, but also learn some experiential tools that are profoundly and deeply healing and enriching, to me is incredibly inspirational. Oh, that's great. I think in addition to being observers, 
I think entrepreneurs want to do more than just make money. So I love to ask people when they come on the show, what is it that you do to give back to the greater good? Oh, I volunteer my time. I'm involved in several nonprofit events and volunteer my time and resources and both financially and by showing up and, and serving. And, you know, one simple way I do it is to just be kind and generous on a daily basis. When I'm out in the world, I get my nose out of the cell phone and I actually connect with people. I'm always shocked, especially in LA, when I walk into a restaurant and the host says, how are you? And I say, I'm great. How are you? They are surprised that I even asked how they are doing. So simple things like that of connecting with people, of, of bringing as much love and light to the world as I possibly can, letting people in in traffic, simple things like that, I think go a long way. So that is such a great answer because it takes so little to brighten someone else's day. And I always challenge people when you go into your Starbucks, if you go in all the time to the same one, the person who takes your order every day, they probably have a smile on their face. How come you don't tell them at 630 in the morning how their smile brightens your day every day? I say, try it. Just something like that. And it's going to make people just pep up and perk up. And people come back to me and they're like, oh my God, I just told somebody that, you know, they're so nice every morning. It makes my day better. And they just, they went crazy because no one ever... Does that type of stuff? It's so cool, and I, I love doing that. And I love giving strangers compliments. Like I'll walk by a woman, and I'll you know say that's a beautiful dress, or you know, a man in a suit. I'll say I, men look so great in suits. You wear that well, or whatever it may be, or your smile is great. And people love that; they light up. And that is a great way. That is a great way to give back to the world. So there's the homework for everybody ah. who's listening to the show. Little callback. There's the homework before the day is over. Tell a stranger something that is a compliment. Tell them that their smile makes your day brighter, you like the way they they wear that suit, or that you think they have really cool shoes. (laughs) That's a great homework assignment. So, Christine, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. If somebody listened to this episode and they think, I got to know more about this Christine Hassler, how do they find you? Well, you can find me on iTunes over at Non With It or go to ChristineHassler.com. And that's Hassler, H-A-S-S-L-E-R. Yes, thank you. And Christine with a C-H. Yes. Excellent. Well, again, thank you so much for being on the show. This was a great episode that I know is going to inspire a lot of the listeners. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you. And for those of you who listened, we wouldn't have a show without you. So thank you so much. Be back in a couple of days because we're going to have another interview with somebody just as cool as Christine. But in the meantime, go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at at TomSinger. This podcast was produced in part by Podfly.net. Podfly, passion for great sounding podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.